0: Good day, Saturday morning, Hidden Treasures Revealed is on air. My name is Sean. I'm here with Phil, and we will be back with you in just a moment to talk about the truth of God. Have you ever wondered, is there more to the Word of God than just words on the page? Join us for an in-depth journey into the truth of God by means of open Socratic conversation In Proverbs chapter 2, the Word of God says, If you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, indeed if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Welcome to Hidden Treasures Revealed. Well, Phil, it's another good Saturday morning. Know it's early. How are you doing this morning?
1: doing quite well
0: this morning. Not just well, but quite well. I was going to say on this fine Saturday, well, we've got another, well, what YAH gives everything for us is good, functional. And we're going to start talking about this subject, and we have... We have talked about this before on a previous podcast, and coming to just a, not that I didn't have this realization, just having this come to mind again, that with the truth of God, that the Word of the Lord is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, that any concept that we get, that we talk about, There's so much more depth. There's so much more learning and understanding opportunity. And this was one of those opportunities for me this morning because I had a couple things, several things in mind and just really thinking as I am now that my own thoughts were getting in the way of it because I had this concept and then I had another thing and just really wasn't settling in and just asking y'all that make it clear what they wanted us to talk about and putting into practice. What we talked about before is when you ask them something that you wrestle with it, that you don't just sit there and just wait and don't do anything that you roll it in your mind. So I was like, well, I'm going to roll this in my mind and really think. And as I was rolling things, this settled in uh, to where we were going to start because with this, We'll see where Yah takes it, what direction they go, what further understanding, clarification. I'll just start with this. With the with the information that we have, there's so much information that's around it that we could take a concept, just talking about baptism. And there's so much information about it. And you can look at it from different sides to really get more understanding of it. And we know that Yah has the perfected understanding of it and we're learning more and more. What was coming to my mind on this was I was just thinking about when baptism is discussed, and I'll just speak from my experience that when I was growing up, coming from a a Baptist church, from a Christian background, baptism being presented was that you would get baptized to be a member of the church. Like you would be baptized to join the church The at that time where I was Baptist church and the different denominations have different things. And I was actually meditating about this this morning, just thinking about this. And it came to mind that many years ago, my dad, when he had moved out of his first house, I had a lot of pictures and just different things that I, I guess I had in my room when I was living there. So he gave me this big, printer paper box that had old photos in it, different things, and I brought this. I got a kick out of this that when I, quote-unquote, joined the church back in 1985, that they gave me a certificate of baptism. And you know how Yahweh worked, that you're not thinking anything of it, and then you remember that certificate of baptism, and I thought, I'm going to get this out and look at it. And it's one of those where it's a pre-printed card, and I'm going to read this, and with the understanding that I have now, with 100% certainty, I had absolutely no understanding of this at all, And, and here's what it says, certificate of baptism that certifies that Sean Whitley was baptized in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit on the 22nd day of September 1985. And you could look at that and say, yeah, that's exactly what happened. And this is just a picture for those listening that just think about if you got like a kind of like maybe an invitation card in the mail. It's just like a little like a cardstock thing Kind of similar to something you would see a gospel track that would be later in, in a store or something like that. And it has the scripture where Yeshua Messiah was baptized. then it has the meaning of baptism. And then the Lord's command. And before I get to that, what came to mind with this was, and I hadn't thought about this, was that if I had not come to this faith on the day of judgment, this could be something that Yah would say, do you remember this right here? That you had opportunity to, there's no blame to be put on the pastor here. What about you? Why didn't you look into this deeper? Because you have the scriptures here on the left. And so grateful to Yah that having the opportunity to live long enough to come to the fullness of faith. And I'll read this and it has, it talks about the baptism of Messiah. And talking about when he was with, came to John the Baptist. And I'll just go through here. It says that, and Messiah, when he was baptized, came up out of the water and the heavens were open to him. And he saw the spirit of the Lord descending like a dove. And lighting upon him, and low a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So just given the account of Messiah and what John the Baptist saying, How is it that I'm to baptize you that you you should be doing this for me? And he says, and this is just this is King James, I'm not used to King James, but I'll just say from the understanding this must be done in order to fulfill all righteousness. And it says, the meaning of baptism, know ye not that so many of us were baptized into Yeshua Messiah, were baptized into his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Messiah was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And that's Romans 6, 3 and 4. And then it says, the Lord's command, go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Into the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Matthew twenty-eight nineteen and twenty. So, looking at this, this is given by this this church a certificate of baptism to show that all right, here's the proof that Sean has been baptized into the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and back at this time, this was, and I remember this from going to church for so long that this was something that was kind of brought on by my parents. Well, you know, you should evaluate getting baptized and being a member of the church. And, um, thinking back to that time, I wasn't counting the cost. I had not counted the cost. I just thought that this is just a necessary step to join the church. And, um, once you get baptized, then you're a member of the church and you're, you're saved and it's over with and it's done. So that certificate, finding that, just reminds me of just thinking about the just getting understanding on what baptism is. And the thing that really stood out to me with this was in Peter's writing, where he says, not the removal of dirt from the body or the cleansing of the flesh, but an answer of a good conscience, the answer of a clear conscience towards God. And it says, it, meaning the baptism, saves you through the resurrection of Messiah from the dead. And just thinking about this, that there's there's more to this than than, than you just going into a body of water. And there's several ways you could do it immersing yourself underwater, somebody being beside you and putting you onto the water and bringing you back up. And the thing that really stood out to me was the pledge aspect of this, because when I was, and I'm not sure if they actually had any kind of counseling or sit down with me, do you really understand what this is? I don't necessarily recall if they did that, but there was no explaining to me as it is in the card of what it means to be immersed in all three aspects of Yah. That wasn't brought up to me. There was nothing brought up to me of a pledge of a good conscience towards God, even though the word of Yah says it. So really, all they did to me, they did baptize me, because baptize is to immerse or to dip. So I was baptized, but I was not baptized into the name of the Father, into the name of the Son, and into the name of Mother, the Holy Spirit. I was just immersed underwater and came out. There was no newness of life. It was just the same old sinful life. Me thinking that by doing this, that this saves me, or this makes it official that I'm now a member of this church. And we had actually talked about this on a podcast uh, maybe six months ago. Or we talked about the Pledge of a Good Conscience. And it makes me think of when I, from what I can remember in the actual written text, the only place that I remember Pledge of a Good Conscience is in the writing of Peter, but it's in the word of God without it actually saying Pledge of a Good Conscience. And we know that by these two are coming to mind with Jonathan and his armor bearer, do whatever it is you have in mind to do. I'm with you heart and soul. We've got Abba in the Old Testament, circumcise your heart. We've got Messiah, here I am, I've come to do your will, O God. Giving a a firm promise to fulfill what you've said, you've set out your mind to do. And I remember years ago, me and my dad were, we would ride on these bicycle tours in the summer and they would want you to pledge money or um, have us to get people to pledge money. Some people had the money, some didn't, but we would say, would you pledge $5? Would you pledge $25? And some people didn't have the money and we say, okay, well, you're pledging it. So we're expecting you to give us this money when the money comes due. And I'm just thinking more about this, that the actual outward part of it, meaning if you take yourself, immerse yourself in a swimming pool or the ocean or whatever would be that part of it. What Messiah was saying was when he was saying to John, when John was immersing him was this baptism, this, you immersing me in this is, it's not about you putting me in the water and me cleansing my flesh, meaning like, it's not about the outward. The important part isn't that I'm just going into the water symbolically and coming out that it's important. But the most important thing is the understanding of pledging your life to God, but not only pledging it, but pledging it with good knowledge because conscience is with knowledge. But if you don't have good knowledge of it, then don't make a pledge. And we're told in the Word, too, that be careful when you make a vow or a promise, and you could look at a pledge as as a vow. Don't make a promise if your intention isn't to fulfill it. Doesn't mean that you understand everything with it, but be careful to make a pledge. But if you think about it, what, along with Messiah's sacrifice, what is it that saves us? If you think about it, because it says it. The answer, the pledge of a good conscience, the full commitment to God, being immersed fully in the work of every aspect of Yah, being fully immersed in repentance, being baptized in the name of the Father, being baptized in the name of Yeshua Messiah, obedience, being immersed into the name of Mother the Spirit into trust, so that when that is done, that you continually walk in it, you fulfill all righteousness. That you've got to, in order to be fully righteous, which we're told that once fully immersed in the faith, circumcision of the heart, that you have the fullness of the deity in bodily form. So you're fully immersed, you're baptized into them, and you're to stay immersed in them because that which is your sacrifice ultimately with Messiah that saves you because you remain in them fully immersed until the end. And once you do that in the end, you will be saved. It's giving us a picture of it's not saying that you don't go into the water symbolically. And we've said this before, do you have to be baptized in order to have salvation? Yes, you do. But if you aren't, for example, if you aren't able to uh, give an example of the thief on the cross, if you don't have necessarily a what we would look at as a body of water to be immersed into as a symbol, you can have baptism. But because of what's going on on the inside, that that's your true desire, that that's what you're going to do, that will be in your mind and then build to a desire, that it will propel you to then do the symbolic part on the physical. So the most important aspect is the spiritual, which will drive the physical. But the really the thing that stood out to me was, was the, the pledge. Because how many, and those that are listening in, many people from many different backgrounds, denominations, do you ever remember in regards to baptism, when you were baptized or somebody being baptized, do you ever remember anybody talking to you about this section of scripture in First Peter, where it talks about the pledge of a good conscience? And from what I remember, I don't remember anyone other than Yah bringing it to our attention that this was even brought up at all. That well, you just you you have to be baptized. So look, I got baptized. So there it is. But what really gets, came to mind with this was more of—it's that full commitment that the truth and the understanding of this is that it's you've got to be just like the word says. Messiah told the disciples, "Baptize them into the name of the Father, into the name of the Son, into the name of the Holy Spirit." Saying, "There's a threefold aspect." to the one baptism the three steps actually make up the one baptism because the word says one faith one Lord one baptism so there's so much importance to this to understand because you may think that you're baptized because you went into the water but we all must go into the water we must be immersed into the truth of God, but there's more to it than just doing this and then everything is set, that there's a a process in it. And just to bring to the attention of those listening that baptism is a symbol. The actual outward symbol is you showing your pledge, your commitment to Yah, no matter what. And what came to mind with this too was, is that it's not that you're going to understand everything in regards to this is that you're willing to walk in it and learn because the aspect of repentance is you make a turn and you walk in that direction and you don't stop. But just sitting or even thinking about the the letter that it's on me because even at the age I was, I think I was maybe, probably nine or 10 years old at that time, that I didn't have the understanding of it. And yes, there is blame to be put on the pastor that did it, but blame on me as well as, well, why did you commit or think that you committed to something and you really didn't commit to it? And we do this in our life. We have phone contracts, different things. We don't read all the instructions, but count the cost and really look at it. And do you have enough information? Do you have good knowledge to make a decision on this? Okay, well, I'm going to make this decision. But for us, with the faith that we have in Yah, we are not called to just go around and just be baptizing people all over the place just to get members or people to come. That, no, a baptism is a full immersion. Now we're going to talk about the truth of what it means to be fully immersed in the aspects of the truth of God. But it's like I remember even Paul saying that, you know, I don't even know how many people I baptized, but I came to preach the gospel message. But Phil, I'll let you have some thoughts on this. But But really the main thing that came to my mind on this was, is that the aspect of the pledge of a good conscience is not talked about in regards to what baptism actually is. It's more of, well, because Jesus did it and we're supposed to do it and, and not even with the aspect of fulfilling all righteousness is even talked about either. It's just, it's put to more, you do this because that just shows that you're committed to it. You're a member of the church, but there's just more depth of understanding on this that people need to understand that just because you go into the water and yes, you are baptized, meaning you're immersed, doesn't mean that you are have been baptized into the name of the Father, Son, and Spirit.
1: Well, it's interesting because slight mistranslation in the Scripture that was put in that certificate you had, where it stated that you should walk in the newness of life. And the reality of it is, is that when you're baptized, it's not you should. Although, I mean, if you're speaking from the outside, then yes, you should. And if you're you're not, then you're not baptized. But the understanding is, is that when you have that baptism, you will walk in newness of life. See, this is part of the issue is that, people misunderstand what the context of it is well it says we should so that gives me well if i don't then i'm still okay and the reality is is that no if if you are baptized into messiah then you will walk as he did those who claim to be in him must walk as he did And so this is why uh, it's very important that we have Mother within our heart to give us the guidance and for us to know the reality of truth that lies behind what's written. Because, again, we've talked about this before, that uh, even Messiah spoke to the scrolls about the lying pen of the scribes and how... Things were modified and changed throughout time in order to fit whatever they, you know, whatever their whim or whatever their uh, desires were, they changed some of the law of God into something that it wasn't intended to be in the first place. And so, so has happened with the New Testament that people have translated it into uh, different ways that don't give you the reality of understanding uh, what's necessary. And as far as it is concerned with you, the pastor's not to blame. Now, when he has to answer for himself and what he taught, that's where the blame will come to him. But you... Just like I are here on this earth where we're without excuse. And so if blame can be put on somebody else, then you have an excuse before God. And God makes it clear that, no, everybody will have to answer for their own, regardless of whether somebody misled you. You can say, well, they misled me. And God will say, you let them mislead you. You didn't dig in to make sure that what you were hearing was right, that what you were doing was right. And, you know, they, you, you. it's so important that people understand these things, that when the Bible says uh, those who claim to be in him must walk as he did, it means you must walk as he did, not should. Oh, well, I'm, I tried and I can't do it, so... It's okay because he died for my sins. No, that that's a wrong translation. It should be, they will, they will have a newness of life. That's the whole, uh, continually transforming your life in baptism, and in in the worldly perspective, because. I'd had some dealings with multiple different churches. Grew up in Catholicism, so it was sprinkled, and then I—you uh, have others that do the dipping, and others that do the dunking, and it's like, wow, okay, I'm a donut, and I, I don't say that to be funny, but you think about it—you you take a, uh, they take donuts and they put the sprinkles on the top or they'll take it and they'll dip it and you get the like chocolate on one side and then they'll immerse it, but then they'll pull it back out where when we talk about baptism from the reality of God, you put that donut in the chocolate, it stays in there. It doesn't come back out. And so it's always surrounded by chocolate so that there will never be the opportunity for the, tro- the chocolate to drip off and fade away. You take a, a donut that's been dipped in chocolate and put it in your uh, on a uh, in a bag on the windshield of your car on the inside and let the sun beat down on it. What's going to happen? That chocolate's going to melt and it's going to start to slide off of the donut. And, yeah, there'll be a little bit left on there. There'll be some left on there, but it starts to slide off. Our faith in God is not intended that it's going to slide off. Our faith in God is about, this is we're, we're here to stay in this. That means that when I enter into baptism, I, I'm staying immersed in it. it because that's what baptism is. It's an immersion that you are immersed into something. And if you're immersed into something, you remain in it. You, if you come back out of it, you are not immersed anymore. And this is why it's so important to be baptized in the name of the father, in the name of the son, and in the name of the Holy spirit. And we talked about this before on that podcast, that that's the equivalent of a unified baptism, a one, a a Ihad, baptism, is unified, it's one, but it consists of those three immersions. You have to immerse yourself into repentance, you have to immerse yourself into obedience, and you have to immerse yourself in trust. See, with that scripture, Peter's laying out just a good idea for you to recognize that it's not the cleansing of dirt from the body, but it's your pledge with good knowledge to God. Unfortunately, we live in a world where it's, you don't even make a pledge. You're, you're an infant and we baptize you. Well, there's no pledge of a good consciousness or pledge with any knowledge. It's not even a pledge. It's just. We shove you in the water, we we pour it over your head or whatever we do, but there's no conscious decision in that. There's no capability of a conscious decision in that. And you have to be fully immersed into repentance because that's the pursuit of the father, the pursuit of the uh, old covenant, not from a... You're not pursuing the old covenant from a salvation perspective. You're pursuing it to to prove to God that you believe them, that you believe what they say is true. They said to do these things, I'm going to make the best attempt I can, but I know it can't save me. Uh, So you move on to obedience and then the uh, immersion into trust. And what we have is you have people who are baptized without any knowledge and then you have people who are baptized because of emotion baptized because of a good emotion well you 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 have this emotion and you said you you uh accepted him as lord and savior so you you need to be baptized you don't need to be baptized one you want to but that's not a pledge of a good conscience, a pledge, like you had said, a pledge with good knowledge. That's why Messiah spoke about the cost of this faith, because he wants you to have good knowledge before you make that step. What am I really getting into? Most people have no idea what they're getting into when they go and let somebody (coughs) baptize them just because they accepted Jesus says, Lord and Savior, or they take a baby and pour water over them as though that's going to make a difference, where faith has to be a conscious decision by an individual. It cannot be done by somebody else because man is without excuse. God is not going to accept, well, when I was a baby, I was baptized by such and such. Well, that's no good. Well, that's their fault. No, it's not, because as you grew up, you chose to be a false follower. Because you you chose not to dig in and evaluate and make sure that what you were following was the truth of God, and so God wants before you make any kind of decision like that, or you you are baptized, God wants you to know with knowledge, with good knowledge that. I know what I'm getting into, that this is not going to be easy and people aren't going to like me because of it. And people are going to persecute you. They're going to say all kinds of things about you. But I don't care about that stuff because I believe in God. And therefore, I want to do this. See, because the the water baptism that – Messiah had that we look at and it says this must be done to fulfill all righteousness it wasn't talking about his water baptism it was talking about his fullness of repentance obedience and trust baptism is supposed to come as an outward sign of the inward man not as an outward sign in hope that that'll change the inward man. That's not how it's supposed to work. And that's how it works in the world where the reality is, is that no, when you have this immersion into the father, the son and the spirit, you want, not just to show a sign but you want your life to show that and therefore okay well messiah went into the water and came out as a representation of cleansing and this is part of why peter says it's not this ritual of baptism that saves you it's you have to be uh you have to be baptized Before you're baptized, you have to be immersed into the aspects of uh, Yah before you show the outward sign. And if you don't have the outward sign, then the baptism is no good for you. This is why John the Baptist would say to the Pharisees that were coming to him, you brood of vipers who warned you to flee from the coming wrath. Produce fruit in accordance with repentance. Then come back to me and I'll baptize you. But don't come to me because you're just, yeah, I I want to be baptized. I, I, I I want to be safe. I want to be saved, so I'm going to be baptized. And the Bible, God, throughout the whole Bible, put so much knowledge and understanding within the pages of that book that just within it itself gives you enough knowledge for you to make a good decision on whether this is what i want to do or no i, I i'm not going to do that because i don't like this or i don't like that okay but to just have an emotional breakdown and oh yeah i accept jesus and and so I, I i need to be baptized no that's that's not how it works that's not how it works in the reality of god in the reality of god that you recognize that you have that that you have truly repented to god and when you've truly repented to god that means no matter what they said, no matter what they carried out, you believe that that's true. And you believe that it's right, and you believe that it's fair, and you believe that it's just. That's your repentance, I I agree with you 100%, and it has to be 100% conscious decision that you agree with God, even if you don't understand, doesn't matter. I still agree with God. You can't have a disagreement with God and think that you agree with God. And God makes it clear throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament, the, the uh, understanding of what's expected uh, by them and what happens if you make a vow to God well, they're going to hold you to it, and if if you can't be held to it, then you're going to pay the, the penalty for making that vow, for making that pledge, and so you're better to be slow to make a pledge to God than to just do it out of an emotion. No, do it out of knowledge. Gain as much knowledge as you have to. Yes, do we want people to uh, move into this faith rapidly? Certainly, but it has to be done in an appropriate manner because how you move into the faith, it has to be in the same line that God laid out in the Bible. And there's enough information for you to have good knowledge that in this faith, you're going to be persecuted, possibly put to death. And in that, are you okay with that? With that? That's, yes i recognize that people aren't going to like this this is a message for a few people not the many this is the narrow road not the broad road i accept that and i'm okay with whatever comes my direction and when it comes your direction i'm okay with it because i have good knowledge the problem is is that if you haven't had good knowledge then you start to be persecuted or things start to, you struggle and you suffer, then you're like, well, I thought God was going to take care of me and God was going to do this and God was going to do that. <laughs> and that's all because you didn't have good knowledge. You had well, bad knowledge that, or no knowledge at all. Because a lot of times people perceive faith in this world as more emotional than they do knowledge-based. And this is why Messiah said, you believe in me? If they persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. If they kill me, there's a good chance they'll kill you. Why? Because we want to get rid of this message that Uh, he's bringing, because it's strange, it's different, it's not what we're used to, and we don't like it. Well, that's your problem. And we really want people to dig in and make sure you understand what you're getting into before you make any kind of pledge towards God of a commitment in this faith, that we don't want people to rush into it just so we can uh, say, well, we had 15 people saved today. No, you have 15 people make a pledge out of emotion, not a pledge out of good conscience, a pledge out of good knowledge. And you, if you look in the Bible, you'll see all the information that God laid out for us to be able to understand What we need to understand, we have the Old Testament that shows you the prophets and how they were treated and some saw in too and desolate and uh, people uh, taking their property and all kinds of stuff like that where the Bible says this is what you're going to face, but people don't look at that. They're like, oh, I just want to be saved. I just want to be saved, so I'll just accept Jesus as Lord and Savior. I'll get baptized, and it'll be good, and no, it won't be. It it won't be because you don't have good knowledge. if, If you taught band, would you send your students on to the next grade if they did not have good knowledge of what you were teaching?
0: No, because let's just say they're a beginner, that if you're still in the beginning stage, that if I moved you to the next one, then you would, we would have to put you back. It would be evident that you're not like my, just from playing, like in in my mind, like the standard is the Chicago symphony. It'd be like, well, you go there and it's going to be evident that you're not ready for it. It's not like, well, we'll just let you play and we'll figure it out. It'll be like, even like I hear you take a breath and you don't even play a note and no. Or I look at your trumpet and it's like, it's not going to be, or just play your scale and the first note. It's like you're not you're not ready for for this. And what came to mind as I'm speaking was what is evident that you could take this, well, not you can from the other side. The old way we were baptized into the world and fully immersed in the world. And that's the thing, you've got to get out of one immersion. And go into another, and I had this come to mind, is not the ocean a beautiful picture of baptism? Because the fish, the starfish, all these other things, they're immersed in the water. And what happens when you take them out? They just, they flap around and they just start, and then they slowly die because they're out of their element. When we're fully immersed in the water, we need something to be able to breathe underwater. And that's the fullness of deity, is we have the ability to breathe underwater just like we talked about this with the scuba gear, the apparatus where you're underwater. What is it? Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus that you have the oxygen. Well, have you ever heard this song? You are the air that I breathe. Well, you have the fullness of God. You have the air, the water, the wind, all of that. So you can, you're able to stay immersed. And the, the thing is, 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 and you hit it right on it that the, actual water baptism, you going into the water and coming out is just a symbol of what is going on on the inside. And I remember seeing this in a movie it was coming to mind. I think it was either Godfather part one or two where the, the leader at the time, I think it was Michael, that was the son that he, if I remember right, he was in a, I think it was maybe his newborn or something was being baptized in. It says, like, do you fully commit to this and all that? And then they're showing in the background that all these people are getting shot and killed that he directed, but he's standing there saying, yes, I'm fully committed to God. And then it shows the scenes of all this going on. Well, it doesn't matter if you're getting sprinkled there on the inside. If, if you're still like that, then what are you really pledging to? It, it's a false thing. And I happened to look back on the scripture in Peter and went back a little ways and actually gives a little bit more understanding It says, Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good? But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. For it is better, if it is God's will, to suffer for doing good than doing evil. For Messiah also suffered for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body, but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits, to those who were disobedient long ago when Yah waited patiently in the days of Noah. While the ark was being built. And this is where it talks about this. In it, which is the ark, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Messiah who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand. With angels' authorities and powers in submission to him. Therefore, since Messiah suffered in his body, arm yourselves also with the same attitude, because whoever suffers in the body is done with sin. As a result, they do not live the rest of their earthly lives for evil human desires, but rather for the will of God. And that's the thing, the baptism, the ark is a... (coughs) Given the example of the ark, think about it, that they were fully immersed in that ark. And Yah shut the door to where if they weren't fully immersed in that ark then they would have died. And it says eight were saved through this baptism. So it's given a picture just seeing this as be fully immersed in God. And therefore this saves you, but it's also through Messiah, like as he gave his sacrifice, but it made me think of like, that they were fully in that ark, don't come out. And then when it was made clear, okay, now it's okay. Now you can, you can come out, but, I don't see Noah and his family saying, "Yeah, we're ready to get out." It's like, no, I'm I'm staying in this ark. I, I'm I'm fully immersed. So Yah is making it through several stories makes it clear to stay in the will of God. Don't leave the will of God. Don't come out of it in that situation. So that there's it's not that it's just a random thing that they put the Noah's Ark in there because it says who were the ones that were saved? It was eight and all. It was Noah. And his family, the righteous one was Noah and his family with him. So we're we're given an antitype of, all right, here's a symbol of Messiah that he's the one righteous man that in him, you come into the ark. And then at the last day, because remember, it says that like that God shut the door. So that's the thing. Like you could look at this, like with being in Messiah that you're Noah in the ark and then the door is shut for the kingdom of heaven that, all right, the door is shut that Lord, Lord, didn't I No, you're on the outside. So you're, you're away. So just, a just one of the many, uh, symbols of this, because the, the reason that we're able to have salvation is because of Messiah, the righteous man, but we're in, in him, we're a part of his family. So in hit himself and his family are saved. So if he didn't give his sacrifice, he couldn't be saved, nor could we be saved either. So it gives a picture that that with you've got to have Messiah, the righteous man, but you've got to be in him in order to be fully secure. Do you have something coming to mind?
1: <laughs> Well, that story of <clears throat> Noah with the ark and the, the, the whole thing and then in the end coming out of out of the ark is a exact representation of Messiah M- Messiah being Noah, the one righteous one, built an ark in his body with no sin, okay? So he built the ark that we enter into Messiah, so we're in the ark, and we remain in that until God says, okay, now it's clear to come out. Well, when is that? That's when we enter into the kingdom. When we get that entrance into the kingdom, then we come out of the ark and now we can live a new life in the kingdom of God. And so just that coming to me as you were talking about that story, that that's just a, a beautiful uh, representation with Noah and look at it, even from the perspective of uh, you could put us to the animals as the animals were saved. So because we, I would put it to the, uh, the sons and their wives, I, I would put that as a representation to the Jewish people that they, they the ones that believe in him will go in with him and be saved. And then I see us as the animals that God brought the animals to Noah. And Messiah said, no one comes to me except drawn by the father. And so you make that pledge with good knowledge towards (laughs) Abba, then he will bring you to the ark of the covenant. He will bring you to the ark, which is Messiah in his body. And then when you have the fullness of all three immersions, then you enter into that ark and you remain in Messiah, because the word says, "remain in Me, and I will remain in you." So, and uh, just a little side note on that: that means that you remain in Messiah. Then, Mother, who is a part of Messiah, they're they're all part of the God, the Godhead. That then mother enters into you. So you're in Messiah and God's in you and you remain there until the final judgment. And it is a beautiful representation because God brings us to Messiah when we have the repentance towards them. When, when we prove to God that we We agree with everything they have, everything they say, everything they do. We agree a hundred percent when we're tested in that, we prove it. Then God says, okay, you're slated to be saved. So I'm going to bring you to Messiah, just like God brought the animals to Noah for them to get on the boat. And so just another beautiful representation And then they were immersed in, they were in the boat, which floated on top of the water in order to keep them saved. If any one of those that entered into the boat, exited the boat before the time, they would have died. They would have perished. So you have to remain in the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, which is the body of Messiah where the body of Messiah then carries the manna, the staff and the uh, branch that budded. And so that's a representation of the life that you will live because each one of those pieces represent a separate piece of God. You have one that represents the uh, son of God, one that represents mother and one that represents Abba and because Abba would be the staff, the, uh, uh, was it the, no, Abba oh. would be the word, mother would be the, sta- the staff, the branch that budded, and then Messiah would be the, the manna. And so it's just a, a beautiful representation of the original ark that Noah built was really, he was building that with the idea of the Ark of the Covenant in mind that all three parts of God are in that Ark and you get in that Ark with them. Now you're in the strong tower. And as long as you remain in that strong tower, then you'll be safe. You'll be saved. But it's not by an emotion that you enter into that. It's by good knowledge. It's about the knowledge that you have as to why you're going to enter in. And yes, I recognize that these are are things that come with it. It's same thing as if you're going to take a job and you weigh the pros and the cons, and then you decide if the pros outweigh the cons, and then, yeah, I'll take it. But when the cons happen, I knew that was going to happen That's part of the job. Well, we would do the same thing in faith, but if you don't evaluate the pros and cons, before you go into a job, you go in with the rose colored glasses and the, the grass is greener on the other side of the fence. And then you get in there, then you start to find out that you don't like it because of all the struggle and all the strife that you go through in that position. so it's just an important aspect. And that was just something that came to me while you were talking about it. I hadn't seen that full representation before. But Yah has that uh, ability, Mother, just opening your eyes to see, well, do you see that this is a representation of this? Yeah, well, that makes perfect sense. And they have to stay fully immersed in that boat. If they're going to be saved, we have to stay fully immersed in Messiah. That's why Messiah himself said, remain in me and I will remain in you. So just, I uh, just pretty cool stuff that mother gives. And Well, I
0: even just, I got some more information. So the boat was resting on the water. And in Genesis, it says that mother, the spirit was hovering over the water. So the, the, where the, that boat sits it sits on the truth of god that it's floating on the truth another thing came to mind was remember when the word says that the blood of the sacrifice of bulls and goats you didn't desire but a body that you prepared for me even goes back to the ark that a body that you prepared for me to where i'm going to come to where um what's interesting you could look at noah as representation of messiah but then Abba was patient over all the hundred years because there was a preparation of building this boat that my the, my son Yeshua is going to come. But that just tells you that it's by faith because you go, you get into the boat by faith. But it's interesting because you had mentioned with the three parts, because you have the law, the tablets, the manna, and the, the branch. Well, the law was given. So you have Abba and then the manna, because remember, even Messiah said, I'm the bread that comes down from heaven, that they ate the manna and died. But if you eat of this bread, you'll live forever. And then the fruit of the spirit, you have the branch that that budded. Well, how do you produce fruit if you don't have the Abba and Yeshua and mother in this? And this is just another way to remove excuses, because people could say, well, I didn't understand baptism. Nobody taught me. We'll go back to what you said about your job or something you want to do that you set your mind to with good knowledge i'm gonna i'm gonna do that that's what i want to do and you immerse yourself in it and i'm doing this the rest of my life i'm never coming out of this so you have an under people have an understanding of baptism it's just who are you baptized into are you baptized into the faith of Yah, or are you in the world doing something like that to where people are like, man, this is my life. I'm never going to leave it, never going to stop. Well then you understand baptism. It's just you've chosen to immerse yourself in your selfishness, not in going after faith in God. You decided to go after faith in yourself or other people, but you didn't so just another thing that people know what baptism they they may not think or understand that they understand baptism because think about in the world. Well, yeah, um, I just make this decision. Everything is great. And well, but do you realize what you've gotten into just like signing a phone contract? Did you read the fine print? Well, I thought that I would get a, a, my phone replaced for free. If, well, did you read what you agreed to? Did you didn't immerse yourself in that? And the thing is, there's so much information, and, there, and we've been, because we have experience in this, but there's so many different aspects, like with what Yah brought out about the ark and things like that. Well, we're able to see that because we have the veil lifted. We can see into the Old Testament. We can see what the spirit of it was, that it's not just a made-up story of Noah and an ark. No, there's more to it. There's more to the Red Sea parting, because I mean, the Word says that the, the people were baptized into Moses and in the cloud, well, you were immersed in it, and it's giving you a picture of be fully immersed because what happened when the Israelites or the Egyptians came after them while well, the sea came back over them again, and they drowned. So there's so much more to this, but I agree with what you're saying is that it's not to, don't blame this on somebody else because Yah is not going to accept you blaming somebody else. They're going to say, why didn't you look into it and why didn't understand or i didn't have anybody to teach me well did you pursue a teacher did you pursue us to really seek with all your heart or did you just assume that the other person knew what they were talking about like i didn't it was my fault why didn't i question and say well wait a minute you gave me this this little pamphlet here but what about this thing here about walking a newness of life. You never went over that. Why? What is this all about? Well, you'll just figure it out. Well, but how do you figure it out? What do you do? And you're not living this because I'm i not seeing this in you. So you didn't teach me. or But through the programming, it's, well, that's the pastor. They know what they're doing and you just accept it. Instead of, all right, well, they're the pastor. Well, they should know. And I'm looking at the word and you're not lining up with what the word does. So something isn't right here. This is just doesn't, this doesn't line up. And it's so true that Yah will do these things, Praying this to you to say, look, there's no excuse for this. If I didn't come to where, what I have now, then that's an, an example. They could say, you see no excuse because why did you not evaluate this before you did it? You just thought it's something that you were supposed to do and you did it, but you didn't evaluate it. So who's at fault? You didn't evaluate it. And you're not going to be able to blame us and say, well, you didn't make it clear. Yeah, we did, because there's not the word right there to tell you about baptism. You just assume that it just meant you went into the water and you're a member of the church now, which I didn't have any discussion about getting away from sin and not sinning anymore or anything like that. It was just, oh, now you're a member of First Baptist Church. There it is. And nothing you have to do. It's done. It's sealed. And you're a member now but I haven't been in that building for gosh, 15, 16 years. So if I was a member, certainly I would have been there consistently even till now, but did they keep in contact with me because I was baptized in there and Hey, how are you? Or no, they don't probably haven't even given me any thought of anything like that.
1: <coughs> yeah. Well, it's, It's interesting, but it's uh, also a cool thing that we have some younger kids involved with the gathering that we have, and we're not trying to rush them into making a decision. Uh, We're not trying to encourage that part. We want to encourage them to gain knowledge and wisdom and understanding, and then make a decision uh, at the appropriate time. we don't want to rush anybody into this relationship with God because it's not an easy path. It's but the beauty part of what we have right now, Sean, is with what we're doing. You have the ability to not send another kid down the same path that you did by saying, you know, I'll well, just accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, and we'll baptize you, and we'll do this. No. We'll teach you the knowledge that you need. And it's interesting because uh, the kids that are in our gathering have more knowledge, more head knowledge about things of God that pastors in the world who have gone to seminary have no idea of. And that's the beauty part is they're just (laughs) being taught. And when they're ready, they'll make their decision. They're either going to decide to leave and get away from it. They don't want to have anything to do with it, or they decide that, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm committed to this. I understand what it's about. Cause that's what we want. We want them to understand what it's about. And when you, when we talk about baptism, we talk about immersion. People know what that is. Just like you were saying, because what are you immersed in, in your life? You know, some people are immersed in their job so much. And, well, there's so much immersed in their job that they come home and what happened at work affects them at home. And they're thinking about what I got to do tomorrow and the next day and the day after and how am I going to do that? And I mean, you're immersed into your job. That's completely surrounding you. And that's why we work on you, you compartmentalize because we don't want to immerse ourselves in something that's not appropriate and the best. The only thing that we really want to immerse ourselves in permanently is the things of God. Yes, you do have to immerse yourself into things in life because that's how you get things done. If you don't immerse yourself into something, you're not going to accomplish the goal. The goals that you accomplish in life are because you set the goal and then you dove into it. You may have eased your way in, in the, the shallow end but in order to receive the uh, end result of the goal you have to immerse you have to get into the deep end where you're immersed where where you're fully under and people do it in life all the time you know you uh somebody's what they call house poor which means that you 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 bought a house And you can, you claim ownership of it, but it's costing you more than you can afford. And so you're immersed in it because you want that house so bad that you're willing to go through the, uh, mental anguish and the excessive work that you have to do to maintain what you're immersed in people will do it with cars. Money, uh, the love of money will do that to you. It's just, just in life itself, this is the beauty part about God. Just in life itself, God has set it up so that you're without an excuse. You can't say, well, I didn't know how to baptize or immerse myself into you. And God's going to say, okay, look over here on the big screen. You see when you immerse yourself into Pokemon, you see when you immerse yourself into that house you bought, you see when you immerse yourself into that job that you have, do you see, and, and it'll be list after list, after list, after list of the things that you accomplished in life, it will be because you immersed yourself into it. And it's not bad provided you it's, it's controlled in, in the right perspective and making sure that your full commitment. Your full baptism is to God, and then you let that guide how you handle all your other immersions that you have. You handle them in a balanced perspective uh, because of the faith that we have. It's about balance. It's about equal. Uh, So people know how to do this. You have to choose you want it and you have to choose you want it more than anything else. And when you do, then weigh the cost. It's going to cost you possibly your marriage because not because you're going to leave, but because your wife or your wife may decide she's I'm done with this. You I can't put up with you when you're in this faith stuff. I, I don't want your kids your friend your your friends your mother your father they may part from you are you oh, not meaning that you want it to happen but i want faith in god more than i want those relationships with my family and a lot of people are like oh that that how can that be from god no it, it can be because messiah spoke about it because god spoke about it that if you're not willing to leave father and mother, that means that you're not willing for those people to part from you. Then you're not worthy of the kingdom of God. You have to be willing to know that if I take this step and I walk in this faith, I could lose my, I could lose everything. That's the good knowledge that God wants you to have. And then for you to turn and say, you know what? I don't care if I lose everything because I lose everything in a worldly perspective but gain life eternal. I want life eternal. And so I'm willing to put up with the suffering (laughs) and the struggle and the heartaches that come in this life and that come in this faith because like Paul said, they will pale in comparison to the glory that we will receive. When we enter into the kingdom of God. And so we'll, we'll look back and be like, that was nothing. We get caught in this world of, oh my gosh, this is just so hard. And When we get in the kingdom, we're going to look back and say, oh, you little sissy whiny baby. What are you whining about? Look at what you have now. That's nothing. It'll be like that, that, that thing that you, you thought you chopped your arm off was it was just a little splinter just pull it out but we get so uh dramatic with things because we don't like the way it feels and and it hurts and it so what i mean in all honesty i faith tells you suck it up buttercup you you got to figure this out and it's not going to be easy and you, you can't put on your daisies you got to put on your john wayne you got to put on your tough on the and again the tough from the right perspective not overbearing uh going after people type thing but just a mental toughness that says you know what these momentary struggles are going to they're going to be there and they're going to be weighty but When I get in the kingdom, the ecstasy that we're going to have will be well worth, well worth what we went through here and even more that we didn't go through, provided we, with a good knowledge, we pledge our life to God and we immerse ourselves into them. And like you were saying, it has nothing to do with whether you went into water or not. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't be baptized with water because that is the outward sign, Messiah did it. And if you, or when you have that pledge with good knowledge towards God, why would you not want to show an outward sign, but the outward sign that's more important to God than you showing that you going in the water and coming out is you living the life that Messiah did, that you prove you're immersed into God, that you prove these things because you live by them. You do these things because you're immersed into god and yes if somebody like the thief on the cross who didn't have a water baptism but was i uh, had immersed himself into the reality of truth of messiah then he's he already immersed himself the the outward sign is not an absolute end all that he died on the cross and he never actually got to go to the jordan and be baptized there doesn't matter if he was able to come down off the cross he would have immediately gone and been baptized he'd look for somebody to baptize him because he had the inward uh the inward spirit of the outward man and He So he would have it inward, then, okay, now I'm going to get baptized because, not because, well, this is what we do. We do it because I've repented. I've turned to God. Even the ones that were coming to John the Baptist, the intention was that you repented. And if John knew your life and knew that you hadn't changed your life to want to, do, uh, the, the, to live the life of God, he wouldn't have baptized them, he would have sent them away like he did the Pharisees. You go prove, you prove your repentance by your works <coughs> and then come back to me and I'll baptize you. But you gotta prove that you have obedience to God, And that it's a willful thing that you want, that you're not just coming down here just to get that, accept Jesus as Lord and Savior, that way I can feel good. No, I can tell you, John the Baptist, if he knew they were sinning and they didn't have repentance, he wouldn't have baptized them. He would have sent them away, just like he did. You, You brood of vipers. Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in accordance with repentance. Okay, you produce that fruit in accordance with with repentance? Awesome, come back, and I'll baptize you. But if I don't see that fruit, I'm not baptizing you. And John the Baptist absolutely would have and did do that because we have it uh, stated in Scripture (laughs) that he would do that.
0: Well, me coming from a Baptist church, do the Baptist churches teach what John the Baptist was preaching? Because do you see anybody look at their congregation and say, brood of vipers, I'm going to warn you of this wrath that's coming to where I'm not baptizing unless I know for sure that there's a mindset of repentance in this. I had this thought, I was thinking about Abraham that you have what was referred to as the circumcision group, those that the, the Jews that were zealous for God, that, and even Paul warned that be careful to don't just get circumcised in your flesh to think that you're righteous, because if you do, you're obligating yourselves to fulfill the written code that you're under a curse. And it made me think of uh, Abraham when he was given the sign of circumcision, And that he went and did the physical circumcision, but it says here in Romans, it says, let's see, is this blessedness only for the circumcised or also for the uncircumcised? We have been saying that Abraham's faith was credited to him as righteousness. Under what circumstances was it credited? Was it after he was circumcised or before? It was not after, but before. And he received circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So the point of this is, is that the sign, it's a sign of what's going on, on the inside. So like you said, that it doesn't matter. Oh no, you didn't immerse yourselves in a body of physical water. So you didn't get baptized. No, that's just an outward sign because the physical will follow the spiritual. Just like if you're sick inside, it manifests itself on the inside to where physically you show the signs of being ill. So it's like, it wasn't okay, Abraham, I'm going to give you this circumcision sign and then you're going to have circumcision no, it's because he circumcised his own heart hidden in his mind. I'm going to follow God no matter what. So then of course he's going to get the sign of circumcision. Like it says as, the seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So our goal is not to tell people get circumcised in the flesh, because if you do that, then you're a debtor to the whole law and Messiah has no benefit for you. Don't do it to try to glory in somebody's flesh and and look at me, I got circumcised, so I'm righteous. No. Circumcision of the heart is the goal. And when you have that, if you're a male or a female and you don't get circumcised in the flesh, it doesn't matter because what we're saying, we're not telling, like Paul said, we're not telling people to get circumcised, to bring, to show that you're righteous. It's if you were to get circumcised, then it should be that, okay, well, this is in the inside first and on as an outward sign, I'm doing it, but the outward sign does not save me. It's the inside. And that's what Peter ultimately is saying. It's not, The removal of the dirt from the body doesn't save you. The the outward cleansing doesn't save you. It's the inside cleansing because Messiah even said the same thing that clean the inside of the dish and the outside will be clean also. So our focus with the, what YAH has given us is clean the inside of the dish and the outside will be okay. You don't have to look because what had happened is they were, looking at the outside to judge if somebody was unclean. No, I've got dirty hands. That doesn't make me unclean. What makes me unclean is a a hatred in my heart, a coveting of somebody else's house or neighbor, doing things that aren't godly. That makes me unclean because just having dirt on your hands, and that's the thing, don't think that, oh man, I went into the water and came out and I'm clean. Well, Messiah told his disciples, all of you are clean except one. So make sure that you're inwardly clean on this. And this is just thinking back to Peter, Peter in his own writing in second, Peter said that it's good for me to remind you of these things, even though you know the truth and you're established in it, because it's a reminder. It bring it back to mind again so that you can continually walk in it. You know what? I'm glad that we brought up this again, because to evaluate what am I immersing myself in that should be evaluated? And well, I'm not going to immerse myself in that anymore because Phil had this thought and because this concept is talking about ultimately having the fullness of faith. Well, we can break it down even further this way. All right. You have the pledge of a good conscience. You're walking within the things of God. So you're evaluating your lower conscience. So something comes to mind. You break, you repent, you pivot. Well, you were just saved from that thing that you just turned to where be like if a door opens. Kind of like the game shows, let's make a deal. And there's a lion sitting there and you're like, I didn't realize I'm doing that. I'm not going down that path. I'm going here. And you repent. Well, the door goes down and you're saved from going that path. So now you go this direction. So you have instances where you're saved or in the process of being saved away from that old way that you were going. So ultimately, this is talking about the, the fullness of faith, but we can still break it down to repentance is... When you turn and walk in Yah's direction, it will save you from different directions. So this even goes deeper than just this. Because why do you keep repenting, walking in repentance because of a pledge of a good conscience? No, that's not right before God. I see that with good knowledge. I'm not doing that again. And then that saves you from. You keep going down that path where you're gonna you you're you still struggle and suffer, but it gets easier because I'm not dealing with, I'm I'll still deal with it like from residual, but I'm I've turned from that and I'm going this direction now. So it still continually goes.
1: So a good Avenue to look at a pledge with good knowledge, just right out of the the scripture. King, we will not bow down to your, your statue Well, what God will save you. Well, our God will save us. And if he doesn't know this, we will not bow down to your idol. Their immersion, even to the point of them being thrown into a furnace that killed the guards that brought them up to it. Well, when you have that type of immersion in God, they were completely surrounded by the water, the living water of God, that fire can't fire can't do anything to it. Because remember, water puts out fire. And just uh, that was that was an interesting thought about that, that Meshach, Shadrach, and Mednego, they had that pledge with good knowledge towards God, and they proved it in their words and their actions in that situation of not bowing down to that statue and then Daniel Daniel had a pledge of good knowledge don't worry about a king the god i serve will take care of me and he goes into the lion's den immersed into the where it was would have been considered at that time i uh, instant death And then the next morning, he's coming out of it. That's the beauty part about being immersed into God, is that you'll come out unscathed. You still have to go into the fire. You still have to go into the lion's den. But because you have that pledge with good knowledge towards God, this is what I'm going to do. Another pledge with good knowledge. Look, let's look at Ezekiel when he had the the altar thing set up, and they they were the other group was had set up an altar to their god, and because uh, <laughs> I know my God's going to take care of this, even to the point where he uh, taunted them. But well, maybe your gods can't hear you. Cry out louder and. he knew with good knowledge that God's going to do this. And that's what gave him the confidence was that he had that immersion into God with good knowledge. And that's what we should make sure that we're teaching is that I don't want to rush you into some decision that's going to leave you wavering and doubting in the midst of it. I want you to recognize that this is important. There's a lot of things that are you, you're gonna to have to face uh, in this journey, and a lot of those things are gonna be from within yourself, and you have to be steadfast and strong in it. You have to want it, and the only way you can want it is to be able to have that place of a pledge of good knowledge that, no, I understand that this is gonna happen, or it it could happen, not absolutely everything's going to happen, but it could happen. So I'm okay with that. God, whatever comes my way, whatever is my lot, my portion, I am perfectly fine with it. It's in your hands. Well, why? Because not because, oh, I just think that you're going to no, because I've seen what you've done and I believe in you. I, I, I'm I'm with you, heart and soul. Another pledge with good knowledge, uh, from a human perspective, the, uh, Jonathan's armor bearer, do whatever it is you have in mind to do. I am with you heart and soul. Tell me that's not a pledge of a good conscience. That's a pledge with good. Oh, I know Jonathan and Jonathan is, is a righteous guy. And he's the guy I want on my side. Whatever he says, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, that That's a pledge with good knowledge. He knew Jonathan. and he And he knew that Jonathan wasn't gonna do anything unless he was convinced that it was the right thing to do. And that's, Jonathan even laid it out. Okay, well, if they reply like this, then we'll just stay where we are. If they reply like this, then we'll know that the Lord is with us and we're gonna go. And so both of them actually having uh, pledges with good knowledge, that him pledging that, well, I know that if this happens like this, then I know with good knowledge that God's saying go up and fight the Philistines. And if God doesn't do, say that, then uh, don't do that. So that was his pledge of a good conscience towards God. And then the armor bearer, his pledge of a good conscience towards uh jonathan was do whatever it is you have in mind to do I'm with you heart and soul because jonathan is a representation of messiah again the armor bearer is a representation of us that uh it was jonathan to god the armor bearer to jonathan so it's messiah to god us to messiah our life is hidden in god in messiah and so just uh interesting thoughts that had come to mind while you're talking about that as well.
0: Wow. I just got a visual of that. So it'd be like if you were Jonathan and I'm the armor bearer that like your life is hidden in Christ, like I would go into you and then in God, then Messiah goes into. So it's that threefold aspect. I actually had one that choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve. It is this pledge of a good conscience is in the old Testament. It's not just that Peter just says, Oh man, look at this pledge of a good conscience because yeah, do what it is you have in mind to do. I don't care that it's like a steadfast, solemn, uh, vow commitment that no matter what, cause think about it. If you have that, that starts at the beginning. Cause seek for me and you'll find me when you seek with all full immersion, believe God, full immersion, believe in God, full immersion, repent, full immersion, obey, full immersion. Like you've, you've got a, it's a full immersion and neat step because then God will respond by, Oh, you're fully seeking me with all your heart. Then I'm fully. So Yah isn't going to come to you unless it's a commitment like that. Well, I'll come to you. If you go halfway, you go all the way, then I'll go where you go. I'll go like that song who you serve. I'll serve. I will follow you that. I'm just, just seeing this more that this concept that from the beginning, that seek him with all your heart. remember the story of Philip and the eunuch? Mother said, go over there, and what was he doing? He was reading Isaiah. He was seeking God. He was seeking the truth, and he says, "Explain." and says that Philip explained Messiah to him, and he says, look, here's water. Why, Why shouldn't I be baptized? Philip didn't bring it up, and he says, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he went into the water, but did he go into the water because? Well, I have to do this in order to. It was no, I, I believe he's the son of God. I, I, I wanna, I wanna walk this faith, and I wanna be immersed in it. Okay, well, what's stopping me? I can't stop you. So if you look at it, he was already immersed before he was even went into the water because. But he told him, "Hey, be careful! I'm not just don't just flippantly do this." If you believe with all your heart, if you fully committed, then, and he didn't know everything, but he was the one that was seeking Isaiah, reading it to where mother saw it. And, and Abba too, that go over there to that chariot and stay with it. That evidence that he was seeking God with all of his heart, because why would mother send Philip to him? And then we don't have any record of, well, the eunuch went here and he went there and it's in God's hands. Y'all knows where he is. It doesn't matter.
1: And just one more uh, Old Testament scripture that came to mind on this aspect of pledge of a good conscience uh, was Job, that should we expect good things from God and not bad? Naked I came into this world and naked I will leave. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I, I mean, that's just another aspect. Of a pledge of a good conscience, and these things that we've been bringing up—Jonathan and the armor bearer, and you know, even Jonathan to David—and I uh, just the various different things are the proof of what Peter was saying was the absolution in truth that Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego—we're we're so immersed in the reality of God that we don't care if you. I uh, immerse us into the fire. We're going to be protected by God and even if God doesn't protect us, it's okay. We're okay with that. Just many different areas throughout the Old Testament lay out this concept that Peter's talking about about having a pledge with good knowledge some coming from a Worldly perspective, and then a lot of them coming from a godly perspective. And so, that we want to be making any kind of pledge that we make to make it with good knowledge and understanding. And that's the reality of it. So, it is not just, well, Peter didn't know what he was talking about. That's just New Testament stuff. And no. Everything in the New Testament can be drawn back to the Old Testament, and that's why we don't get rid of the Old Testament. We don't get rid of the Old Covenant because it has just as much importance for us.
0: Kind of had one, like you had had a thought, but I the thought went away. But um, just, this is a good stopping point for us. We've got a lot of information, but it, it, maybe it'll be one that'll... Oh, just the <clears throat> with Peter and the information that that came out that mother bringing this information to him that and just giving this inf- information is that it's it's not a pledge with good understanding. It's not a pledge with perfected. It's a pledge with good knowledge that. I'm fully committed to you. I'm with you no matter what, because you're fair. You're just, I agree with you because if you base it on, I'm going to understand first, like, did they understand what was going to happen? Like, well, we're committed to God and we understand that every day we're going to be thrown into a furnace. It was just, well, this is happening. It doesn't matter because I've made a full commitment. And that's the thing, the full commitment to God. If you fully commit to God, they'll fully commit to you. But this is an aspect of just, for those listening to evaluate that, baptism, that what you thought baptism was, you have no idea. And even as we're sitting here learning more about the baptism aspect is baptism is not just the New Testament. It's not just, well, they didn't baptize in the Old Testament. Oh yeah, they did. They were fully immersed in Egypt until they were let out. And then now you're fully immersed in the desert to test you. And so there's just so many ways we could go with this, but no, I think it's a good stopping point. Um, good, good Socratic conversation. And um, any final thoughts before nothing? All right. Well, everybody that listen listening in now or in the future, uh, we hope that this will uh, Word of God will bless you, and that you'll seek after and find the truth. And Lord willing, we'll see you on the next podcast. But everybody, have a, a good Saturday, and we'll we'll sign off for now.
1: you for joining us today on Hidden Treasures Revealed We want to leave you with this thought The greatest treasure in life and especially in faith is discovery If we try to convince you of things you may gain head knowledge but if we let you discover things you will have heart knowledge to know and understand and be able to give a good answer for the faith that you have Treasure hunters seek treasure non-stop. Seek the treasure of God through conversation with them and through their word. Ask, seek, and knock. Ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. Seek the hidden treasure of God, and you will be blessed by it.